You're listening to Summit Podcasts, where you'll find sermon audio, weekly discussions of the message, the Back 40 Leadership Podcast, and much, much more. Subscribe today at summitpodcast.church and share this episode with your friends. Summit Church, every life made different. Well, good morning, Summit family. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good? Good. Good. It's so good to see you. So great to worship with you so far. I want to say hello to those that are joining us um, online that you've tuned in today to worship with us. We want to say thank you and welcome. We're so glad that you are here. Pastor um, Mel and Kim, they are in Florida this weekend and uh, their oldest daughter, Abby, has graduated college. And so they are there celebrating that graduation. Um, But unfortunately for you, you're stuck with me. However, I do want to let you know that Pastor Mel will be back next week on Wednesday for leadership night. So if you want to grow in your leadership in any capacity, I encourage you to prioritize this. It happens in this room at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, and uh, I encourage you to, to be there. But as you have seen and as you've seen in this in this series trailer, um, we've been in a series called Rubicon, right? That that. Passing the Rubicon, crossing the Rubicon represents total commitment, that there is no turning back, that we are all in, totally committed. And over the course of this series, we've been talking about what would it look like to be totally committed to our walk with Christ, right? What would it look like if we were all in? And last week, we got to talk about what, what would it look like if we were totally committed to spiritual maturity, and we got to celebrate with those who made the decision to be baptized and got to hear those stories, which was so incredible. But today I want to ask you the question, our topic for today, today is what would it look like if you were totally committed to freedom in every area of your life? If you were totally committed to the freedom that Christ actually has for you today, because freedom is available and freedom is one of the core values that we have at Summit. We say this, we believe in experiencing the abundant and victorious life that only Christ can give. And so what would it happen if we were all in for freedom? If we were all in for the freedom that Christ has? That's what we're gonna talk about today. Let me pray and then we'll move forward. Lord, I thank you that in your word we can find the truth. And in your word is freedom. And so God, we pray for for freedom to be available today because you are here today. We know it's available. And God, for the things in our life that we don't even recognize, but will recognize because you'll speak to us, that we need to be freed from, God, we, we are prepared to listen and we're prepared to obey. So God, we ask that you would speak today, that you would move, that any words that are not yours would fall away, and that your word would change hearts today. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So at one point in my life, in the glory days, I used to be an athlete. No longer though. But I loved playing volleyball. I loved playing basketball and softball. I got the opportunity to play um, softball at IUP. Got some cool IUP students over here, some athletes over here. But they're way cooler than me. Um, But anyway, had the opportunity to play sports, and I love sports, but the one thing that I miss about being an athlete is non-negotiable training, right? There were, there were no, no ways around it. Like, if you wanted to play, then you better train. You better work out, and it was not voluntary. If your coach said, hey, today we're running bleachers, you're like, <laughs> I'm running bleachers. You did whatever they said. If your coach said you better show up at this time for lifting, you showed up at that time for lifting. Training now, for me, 
is voluntary, and it doesn't always go too well. Um, it's not, it's, uh, it's, it's negotiable now. And if you tell me to run the bleachers today, if you're like, yeah, head over there and run the bleachers 25 times, I'd be like, no, <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, and I have to be honest, it doesn't matter about having a, a sports background. Um, I, I've always hated running, if I'm going to be honest, right? Because running isn't fun. Can I get an amen? Oh, thank you. That's the loudest amen you're going to say today, but it's okay. Um, no, running, running isn't fun. I've never been someone that's like, yeah, I'm just going just gonna to pop in my AirPods and go for a quick five-mile run. Like, no, that's, that sounds awful. But one time, I made a stupid decision regarding running. In October of 2021, my husband, Gil, boyfriend at the time, convinced me to do a tough mutter. And if you don't know what a Tough Mudder is, let me tell you, it is a 10-mile obstacle course that includes mud pits, walls to climb, ramps to run up and pull yourself up on, and electric shocks to avoid. And I still can't tell you why I said yes to it. Maybe it was dumb love, actually, is probably what it was. But, but we did a Tough Mudder. And do you want to know how much we trained for it? Not, not one mile. <laughs> Not even a half a mile. And in my mind, I was so focused on, on the friendships. We were running with friends. I was so focused on the fun obstacle courses and, and the, the new experience that I didn't think about what 10 miles would feel like on my body running. And I can tell you it didn't feel good. And uh, there, were, there were many moments where the, the run, actually, probably after about a half mile, turned into the slowest jog on earth. And about mile nine, I thought my hip flexors are so tight that they might snap and never work again. <laughs> that, is, that is actually what I felt. Now, we've recovered, we've recovered, and we still don't run for fun. But it was a fun experience, but I still definitely don't run for fun. But what we see in scripture is actually the Apostle Paul saying that we are all runners, that we have all been given a race that this is not a sprint, but this is a marathon. This is long distance. This is our walk with Christ, our Christian life. And we are called to remain faithful till the end. You have a race to run. If you are walking with Christ, you are on this race. You are in this race today. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and these witnesses are the heroes of the faith who have run their race well. It says, let us throw off, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. In the NLT, a different translation, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Here's what I've learned. People that run long distance, people that take Tough mutters seriously, they care. They're intentional about what they wear. They're intentional about what they put on. They, they want shoes that are light on their feet. They want clothing material that is not going to drag them down. Even if it's cold, they'll choose a specific material. They'll choose something that won't pull them down, right? That won't drag them down or hinder them. And so imagine me running my next Tough mutter which I don't know why I would ever do that again, but imagine me running my next Tough Mudder with this guy on my back. Don't you think 
It's a rhetorical question, people. Don't you think this is going to make things a little bit more difficult? Don't you think this will slow me down? Don't you think that the longer I go with this, the heavier that it's going to feel? Like it might feel okay right now, but after a while, it's going to feel like it weighs 10 times more than it actually does. It gets heavier. I'm more prone to more pain the longer that I carry this. But sometimes we run our race with things like this on us with things that are pulling us down. It's gonna make things so much more difficult. It's gonna keep me from effectively running the race. If I wanna do a Tough mutter, this is for sure gonna trip me up. This is gonna throw me off balance. But the Bible says in this race, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That is what freedom is. If you came here saying, I want freedom, but I'm really unsure what it is, freedom is stripping off every weight that slows you down, especially the sin that so easily trips you up. Freedom doesn't mean that we never struggle. It doesn't mean that we don't have a bad day. It doesn't mean we don't have a bad moment, but freedom is overcoming the sin and overcoming the things in our lives that are dragging us down, that are hindering the race that God has called us to run. And sin, unrepentant sin, unconfessed sin, it, it never helps us. Sin always drags us down. It always trips us up. Name one time in your life for me, please. Name one time where sin helped you, where it drew you closer to God, where it, where it helped your relationships, where it, it made you more healthy, it made you more whole. Never. Sin never does. It always drags us down. So what is the sin that might be entangling you today? I don't know what it is, but I know the Holy Spirit does, and I know that he's kind and can tell you and can reveal that to you. What is the sin that is entangling you, that is tripping you up? Is it lying? Is it selfishness? Is it pride? Is it lust? Is it unforgiveness? Is it rage? Is it bitterness? Is it slander? Is it materialism? Is it being a slave to the approval of others. I don't know what it is, but I know that Holy Spirit will tell you. And there's more to this verse because we see in Hebrews 12 that there are things that aren't sin. There might be things that aren't sin that are weighing you down. Maybe it's consequences of sin or maybe it's other things that are weighing you down and dragging you down that we have to throw off because it hinders See, I went through a period in my life lately where I had this situation, I had, a, I had a bad attitude about a situation in my life that honestly feels and felt hopeless. And when I would speak about this situation with other people, um, I, I genuinely actually felt like I had nothing good to say and that my words were just doing more damage, that I was of no encouragement to anyone I was talking to, let alone myself, and it was stealing the hope that I had in Christ. And then God convicted me. And he convicted me that, that you, my, Steph, your attitude is weighing you down. He lovingly convicted me. So I, I wanna ask you, what is it that's hindering you today? What is the weight that you need to throw off? Maybe it's not sin. Maybe it's just consequences from it. Maybe it's something else. Is it your timeline for your life that's not going as you desire, as you planned? Is it fear? Is it a critical spirit? Is it 
being consumed with American politics? Is it what you're listening to, the people you're letting speak into your lives, the constant problems you might have with authority, your victim mentality? Is it the offense that you choose to hold on to so tightly? See, as followers of Jesus, we can actually experience freedom. We can be freed from all of the weight, from all of the sin. But the truth is we do live in a broken world. And so, there, for example, there are things in my life in the past that I've been freed, of, freed from. And then life happens, right? Things happen. Hurts happen. And I have to choose to say, okay, I'm freed from this. And now this, I choose to throw it off. I choose to press forward towards Christ. I choose to lay it down. Does that make sense? That freedom is a continual pursuit. So my question is, freedom is available to you today, but my question is, what is it that's hindering you? What is the weight that holds you down? Because, because Jesus is here, freedom is here. And so I'm not, I'm not asking, it's easy in these moments to start thinking about other people's sin and to start thinking about other things people have that are weighing them down. But I'm, I'm asking you today personally, what is it that weighs you down? What is the sin that entangles you? Can we be honest with Jesus today? Can we be real with him about what we need freed from? So what are the bags you're carrying? What are, what are you holding on to while trying to run your race? Because the longer you go, the heavier it feels, right? The more pain you feel, it doesn't go away. But you can find freedom today by throwing off every weight, not just the weights that you perceive as the big stuff, but every single weight, everything you can throw off. These things keep you from effectively running the race, but freedom, freedom is throwing it off. Freedom says this unforgiveness that I have, that I choose to hold on to, it is destroying me and my relationships. And so because of Christ, I choose to forgive. Because Christ has forgiven me, I choose to forgive. Freedom says, I won't run this race anymore with this holding me back. Because God has people and he has plans that he's leading me towards. He has people he wants me to reach that I won't get to. If I hold on to this, if I continue to carry this, I won't make it there. Because of the freedom Christ gives, this isn't something he wants me to carry in my race. So how do we live in freedom? How do we run in freedom? We find it in verse two of Hebrews 12. It says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It matters what we fix our eyes on. It really matters. Are there, any, are there any dads in here that are really obsessed with your yard and the way that it looks? No one wants to confess? Okay. All right. Well, last service, we had some honest people, and uh, they threw off the weight, you know? No. Um, no, that's not a sin. But anyway, um, there, are, there, are, um, there are dads out there that I have learned that must perfectly keep their lawn manicured and that it looks like a, I don't know, there's probably a word for it, but I don't know it. It's like a, it's like a checker, check, checkerboard. Is that the word? Thank you. Checkerboard pattern on their yard. It makes their house look great. There's no shame. It's wonderful. But there's a way that that happens. There's a way that you get perfectly straight lines. 
And I must say, I've never achieved it. But my dad, he, he used to let me mow our yard. And when I would mow, I, would, I thought that I needed to stay so focused on the line next to me. And that if I kept looking there, that I would go straight because I'd just line up. It doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, and then I'd just like see a neighbor and be like, hi, neighbor. And I'd see this and I'd wave. And my eyes would be on all these different places. But my dad taught me, you know, if you want to go in a straight line, if you want to go in this direction, you have to fix your eyes on that fixed object. You have to fix your eyes on the mailbox and go right for it. And then you will have a straight line. And in our walk and in our race, if we fix our eyes on anything other than Jesus, we will waver we'll be going off track. Fixing our eyes on Jesus is a, is a definitive looking away from everything else and only fixing your eyes on Christ. Only him. Don't look to the heroes of the faith cheering you on. Don't look to, to the race course in front of you, to the competitors. Don't even look to the weight that you've just thrown aside. But only to Jesus. That is what it means to fix our eyes on him. He is our focus. He is our fixed object. And when we run towards him, we become like him. Spurgeon says, looking unto Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus means life, light, guidance, encouragement, joy. Never cease to look on him, whoever looks on you. Jesus is the one who gives freedom today. And so if you're looking for an answer today, I'm telling you in advance, Jesus is the answer. He is the answer. He is the one who gives freedom. And I want to look at a passage together regarding Jesus and the freedom he gives in John 5. It says this. It says, afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick, sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. See, this pool of Bethesda was a five-sided hole in the ground full of water. And this was a popular spot for those who, as we saw, are, are blind, lame, or paralyzed, where they would come, where they would visit, or maybe they would stay near because there was this belief, this pagan belief at this time that a pagan God of healing would come and he would stir up the waters and when the waters would bubble, if a, if a, a person who was ill or disabled or lame was put in at just the right time, then they would be healed. But here's the thing, the water was only accessible by stairs. So many of these people had a hard time getting down the stairs, right? And so they needed help, they needed someone to lift them. That is what the pool of Bethesda was. And so we see that there are crowds of sick, sick people, not a few, not a couple, but crowds of sick. But Jesus directs his focus onto one man. All of these people are wanting to be healed. Jesus directs his focus onto one man. He says this in verse five. It says this in verse five. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Other translations say, do you want to be healed? And I love this. Like Jesus knew what this man needed free from. He already knew. Jesus knew the sickness in him, the pain in him. And he says, do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? Verse 7 says this, his response I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. 
And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. See, Jesus, I love that Jesus healed this man intentionally outside of the pool, right? He could have been like, oh yeah, let me help you. Let me, let me pick you up. Let me take you down the stairs. Bam, happened in the pool. But Jesus is like, no, I'm going to heal you outside of the pool because I want to show you the power is not in the water, but the power, the healing comes from me. I am the living water. The healing comes from me. I am the one who heals. And I want to tell you today, church, that Jesus healed then and he heals now. We don't just read these scriptures and be like, good for them back when Jesus was alive. No, he still heals. And we all say we want freedom from sin and freedom from the things that entangle, freedom from the things that drag us down. But we have to ask ourselves, do we actually want that? Do we, do we really want it? Because if Jesus said to you today from the thing you need freed from, do you want to be healed? What would your answer be? I think there are some people here today who just like this man in a crowd of people would look at this room, this crowded room, and say, yeah, I need freedom, but he still wouldn't choose me. Look at everybody else. Look at what they, look at what they need. He doesn't see me. He wouldn't choose me. Some of you would say, Steph, it's been 38 years. Like, I've been carrying this longer than you've been alive. <laughs> like, you, you don't know how many times I've prayed. You don't know. If he would have done it by now, it would have happened. If he would have wanted it to happen, he would have done it by now. Some of you might say, I, I don't have anyone to put me in the water. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I thought that this was the way that God was going to heal me, and so that's why I'm here, and I don't have anyone to help me now. I don't have any, I don't have the resources I need. I don't have enough knowledge of scripture. I, I don't have what I need. And I believe Jesus is saying, no, I asked you, do you want to be healed? Do you want to get well? Because ultimately it is your responsibility and your responsibility alone to choose Jesus. So will you answer his question today? Do you realize the spirit of Christ is here today and that you can be free, that Christ's healing power is greater than any pain or any suffering that you experience in your physical, in your emotional, in your spiritual life. His power is greater today and every day. So will you tell him yes or will you have a reason of why he won't do it? Let your yes come from a sincere place today. As I was preparing for this message, I came across an, an article about um, the things and what we see in scripture about the things that God has already freed us from because of salvation through his son. That when we say yes to Jesus, to following him, to making him Lord, these are the things we are freed from and freed to. So if you're walking with Christ, let this be a reminder. And if you're not walking with Christ today, this is what you can receive if you choose to surrender your life to him. John 8, 36 says, if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. In the Greek, this word free means to liberate or to exempt from liability, but for someone to be liberated, they must first have to have been bound or captive or imprisoned, and that's exactly what you and I were. 
that you and I were prisoners. We were held under the bondage of sin. We were, we were under the influence of sin. No, no power in us could overcome its influence. We were captive by sin. It was our ruler. Before living for Christ, whatever sin wanted, that is what sin got. And that doesn't mean you lived a wild lifestyle, or maybe it does, but that means that sin was your primary authority. That sin was your ruler. But when you said yes to Jesus, when you were born again, something beautiful happened. You got a new master. God gave you a new nature and he gave you his Holy Spirit. So now you are no longer under the control of your sinful nature, but you are under control of his spirit. You have been set free from the bondage of sin. 2 Corinthians 3, 7, 17. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you, there is freedom. There is freedom for you today from the bondage of sin. Not only that, you are free from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin, Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. See, outside of Christ, we all had an eternal death sentence. You and I were on death row, and there was nothing we could do about it. The penalty that we deserved was to be separated from the presence of God, the very presence of God, and eternal death. This was the penalty for our sin. As we see in this passage, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And when Christ sets you free, he took away your death sentence. The penalty you deserved has been removed. It was placed on him, and now we have life, eternal life. He shifted your eternal destination from death to life. You no longer pay the penalty for your sin, and you are no longer ever going to be separated from the love of God through Christ Jesus. You are free from the penalty of sin, but not only that, you are free from the guilt and the shame of your sin. We've all experienced deep guilt and deep shame for the things, the sin that we have in our past, right? Have you ever repented over and over again for something to make sure that God really forgave you? Let me remind you today that you have been set free from guilt and shame. That when you sincerely repented the first time, God says that he removes your sin as far as the east is from the west and he remembers it no more. That means he'll never bring it up again. And so you can stop bringing it up too. But what you're freed to today, that's what we're freed from. Now what are we free to? We are freed to truly live. To truly live because of Christ. John 10, 10 says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You have a capacity to love, to forgive, to have peace, to have purpose today, to have real joy because you have Christ, because you have like something, nothing that this world can offer you. You are free to live in a real relationship and grow in a real relationship with the God who desires it. He desires relationship with you. The Bible says in James, come near to God and he will come near to you. In Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. 
You are saved by grace today. He desires relationship with you. He has saved you by grace and you live by grace. So the things that you wanna do, the way that you wanna live for God is not to win his approval because you already have his approval because of what Christ has done. And now you are free to accomplish the plan that God has for you specifically for your life with no agenda except a heart motivated out of your love for him. So I say all of that God has freed us from and all that God has freed us to, to remind you today that if he has done all of that, isn't he more than able to free you from the sin that so easily entangles now? And isn't he more than able to free you from the weight that is dragging you down? He can. He has the power to. He's already done what I've just mentioned. So the question for you today is, would you like to get well? Is there something you want to throw off to run the race God has for you? His question, whatever you're thinking about, if you're thinking, I don't know, I think I need free from that, it covers that. His question covers it all. The bitterness, the rage, the anxiety, the financial control, the unwillingness to forgive yourself, throw it off today. And I want you to know, First of all, I am all for counseling. I see a counselor every single month. But there are some things that no amount of counseling can fix what only Jesus can. No amount of counseling can fix some of the broken things that only Jesus can in you. But that's of good news because you don't have to see the perfect counselor for what only Jesus can fix. You just have to see him. You just have to know him. You can be free today and freedom is here because Jesus is here and it may happen in a moment or God may have a process for you and let me just say if it happens through a process that is not like secondary second class healing because God knows exactly what you need. God knows exactly how he's going to heal you and it is for your benefit. I've seen God do it in a moment. There are people in our church who have been set free from drug addiction on the spot, never looked back. I've seen God set someone free in Zambia. He set a man free in Zambia before my own eyes from a demon that was inside of him. I've seen God, there are people in our church who have been healed of cancer. God can heal, but God may also do it through a process. And I've seen him do that too. For me personally, for about three or four months of my life when I was in high school, I really struggled with, with my weight and with my body um, after I had broken my leg because I you know, was sedentary for so long and gained weight. And I, I remember struggling with food and being dependent on food and I'd binge food and then I would try to, try to burn off every single calorie once I could actually walk again. I would try to burn off every calorie on the treadmill and try to control this thing. And then once I got too tired of walking on the treadmill for so long, I would just be like, okay, I'm just gonna basically starve myself of the calories my body needs. That I'll have this tiny apple for lunch and that is all I need. And, and it was a struggle. But it was a struggle that I daily surrendered to God. That every day I was saying, God, I know I'm not supposed to carry this. And so I give it to you. I trust you with it. I trust you to change my desires. I trust you to, to rework my beliefs in my mind. I trust you. And I would do that daily through the struggle. And there was this one day where I was like, wait a second. I haven't dealt with that in so long. 
God, you freed me from that, and I didn't even realize you did it. It's been weeks since I thought about this. It's been weeks since I struggled with this. God, you set me free, and God may do it in a process, and God has done it in a process. God has set people free from rehab, by going through rehab, sorry. God is, he is the one that sets people free. But it might happen by going through rehab. God has, God has lifted depression from people that may go through counseling. It might be a process. And you might be thinking, yeah, but Steph, what if he doesn't? What if I pray today? What if I trust this with him today? You say he can heal today. What if I do and he doesn't? And my question to you is, but what if he does? What if he does heal What if he does set you free? What if he does deliver? Or what if it doesn't all disappear? What if the bag is is still around? But what if God in his kindness, what if he changes your perspective about that thing? What if if a, a humility is produced in you that would only be produced by going through the process? What if, what if God in his grace draws you close and fixes your attention on him instead of on the water? onto the problem that you see, but onto the living water? What if there is a depth to you knowing him that, wouldn't, that you wouldn't have known otherwise except going through the process? Or what if, whether the process of healing is seen on this side of heaven or not, hear me when I say, Jesus is still your healer. And that doesn't change because he has promised that all will be healed who are in eternity with him. That every ailment, every, every emotional way, everything, he will heal. It will all be gone. But sometimes he asks us to trust him. Sometimes he asks us to throw it off and see what happens and see what he does and have faith for it. And so what if he does heal today? What if he does free you today? Jesus is the only one who gives freedom and it comes through daily surrender and daily renewing your mind in the word of God. John 8, 31 says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If we will be Jesus' disciples, we must abide in his word, in the Bible, in scripture, in his holy word that he has given to us. To be a follower of Jesus is to abide. It means to to make your home, to dwell, to live in his word. And with each generation that passes, less and less people in America believe his word is enough. Less and less people believe that that his word is truth and the truth will set them free. I read a statistic that 20, I'm just talking about millennials, it's decreased throughout the generations and it, this latest statistic was 27% of Americans actually believe, of millennials actually believe the Bible is truth. Marathon runners have to properly fuel their bodies during a marathon, right? They don't run on empty. They don't run hoping they'll just get through it without fueling themselves. They need to consume carbs and things that they need like energy bars, drinks, bananas, all the things they need to continue to run or else they won't make it. And we won't make it without the word of God. Likewise, we have to be utterly dependent on the word of God. 
as our fuel for the race. It is the only fuel that exists that will transform us from the inside out, that will strengthen us as we press on toward Christ. So what will you choose? Will you choose, will you choose the messages that you're hearing on, on social media as your fuel? Or will you stick to the word? Will you focus on God's wisdom or wisdom from men? Because conviction about this is actually critical to our lives. Adam and Eve sinned because they thought they knew better than God. Instead of believing God's word was good for them, they were offended by his word. They, were, they ignored his word. They thought some of it was unnecessary. And we can be just like Adam and Eve. But God in his love for us has given us his word so that we might be free from the lies of this world that lead to death and free to be shaped by the truth that leads to life. And it's only found in scripture. It's only found in his word. World-changing transformation happens when God's word is read, understood, believed, and spread. We should be orienting our lives around the truth of God's word, but we have to know what it says. We have to daily surrender and daily surrender to renewing our mind in God's word. If we wanna elevate God's truth above everything else in our lives, above our own opinions, our own ideas, then we must know what it says. To pass this on to the next generation, we must hide this word in our hearts and share it. At some point, we might have to actually put down our phones, right? I'm guilty of this too, and stop scrolling and be saturated with what the word of God says. Opening his word in humility living with it so continuously that it becomes a part of your life, a constant and permanent influence in how you live. This is the result of abiding in the word of Jesus that we prove that we're his disciples and that through his word, through the truth, it sets us free. There is nothing, David Guzik says, there is nothing like the freedom we can have in Jesus. No money can buy it, no status can obtain it, no works can earn it, and nothing can match it. It is tragic that not every Christian experiences this freedom, which can never be found except by abiding in God's word and being Jesus' disciple. Freedom comes in the person of Jesus through daily surrender and daily renewing your mind in God's word. We must be totally committed to freedom in our lives. Chad Williams was with us the week after Easter. He's a, a former Navy SEAL. And in part, in a, a portion of his unbelievably intense Navy SEAL training that I'm sure was not even close to a Tough mutter um, difficulty, um, during Hell Week is what they called it, Hell Week, he said this in, in, in reference to being so committed to, to becoming a Navy SEAL, to finishing the race. This is what he said, I would rather die than give up. And what would happen in your life if you said, if you had that kind of commitment to freedom in your life, to pursuing Jesus, I would rather die than go back to the bondage of my life. I would rather die than not be free. God has freedom for you. You can say today, yes, I am crossing the Rubicon and I'm never going back. I'm committed to total freedom. I am all in. There is no looking back. That is the commitment that it takes to be free, to run the race. Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm 
And do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Chad also talked about the, the people he had run, done this training with, this Navy SEAL training with, and there was this one guy particularly that everybody thought, well, he's certainly going to be one of the few that make it. He's definitely going to be a Navy SEAL. And he was either the first, I can't remember, or if not one of the first to quit. And when he quit, there were so many other guys that just dropped off and said, if he can't make it, I can't make it. If he can't do it, I can't do it. And in the same way, when you are totally committed to freedom, other people in your life can get free too. It paves the way for other people. They can see that Jesus is the only way to freedom. If you love your family, the best thing you can do is to get free. And I want my family to be free. I don't have kids yet, but I want my kids in the future to be free. Let us be people that are totally committed to freedom. And we, like Paul, can then say at the end of our lives, at the end of the race, as for me, my life has been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near, but I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful and now the prize awaits me. So let's be people that finish the race well, right? Let's be people that throw off everything that hinders, the sin that entangles. Let's fix our eyes on only Jesus, believing that he actually has the power to heal. He actually has the power to free you. And let's daily surrender and renew our minds in the word of God. And maybe you're here today and you say, you say Steph, I've, I've never been set free from sin. I'm not, I'm not even in the race because I'm not even headed towards Christ. I'm not even pursuing Jesus. But you're still in bondage because sin is the primary ruler in your life. Something, though, has awakened you today to see, oh my gosh, my, my penalty is eternal death. My penalty is separation from God, the very presence of God. But today you say you've heard what Jesus has done and that he's made a way so that you can draw near. And today you want to choose Jesus. You want to confess and believe in your heart today that he is Lord, that he died and rose again so that you could know him and follow him. And I would love to give you that opportunity today. So do me a favor. Let's pray together. Go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes all over this room. God, I thank you that, that you are so faithful and so true and that as we have seen in scripture, that you desire freedom in our lives, that you are the source of freedom and God, we choose to fix our eyes on you today. And we choose to, to humbly admit, yeah, God, there are, there are areas in my life where I'm carrying this bag and I'm carrying this weight of sin and I know you can free me. And Lord, I have been making all the excuses of why you won't, but today I say I know you can. And I choose to throw off the weight. That whether it's in a moment or it's a process, God, I trust you. And Lord, there are things in our lives today that are weighing us down, that are burdening us, that are, that are straining us, that are feeling heavier and heavier with each day that passes. But God, we see that you are in all control and that we can surrender even that to you, even the consequences of our sin to you, even the weight that is holding us down and we can lay it at your feet.
and we can find freedom in you. So God, we choose to believe you'll do that today. And for those that are here that said, yes, Steph, I'm, I've never been freed from sin. I've never followed him. When it comes to, to your life with Christ, the act of giving up control is the beginning of freedom. A life surrendered requires trust, a trust that's developed through the context of relationship. And so to surrender your life to God, you have to believe he's good and worthy of your trust. And I'm here to encourage you today that he is, that he is good and worthy of your trust, that you can give up control today because he's really faithful and he loves you with a love that will never fail. Come run the race with us towards Christ. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So today, if you said, that's me, I'm not, I'm not in the race, I'm not following Christ, but today I want Jesus to be Lord and not my sin. I want to pursue him all the days of my life and leave behind my ways to follow him. I wanna do that today, then I wanna give you that opportunity. And I'm not gonna make you come forward, but I'm gonna just pray with you where you are in your seat if you'll just raise your hand. So if that's you today, if you say, Steph, that's me, I'm choosing to follow Jesus. I'm choosing to lay my life down, to follow him and receive the life that he gives. Would you do me a favor and would you raise your hand where you are and I'll pray for you? Thank you, I see you on the right. Another on the right, one more on the right. I see you in the middle. See you in the balcony, in the balcony. Anyone else wanna join with these and say, I'm choosing to follow him? Thank you, I see you. We're gonna pray a prayer together and everyone in here is gonna repeat the prayer. But if you raised your hand, this is, this, these are your words and your profession saying, God, I choose to follow you, but we're gonna pray a prayer together, joining our faith with yours as you make this declaration. So repeat after me this prayer that we're gonna pray. Say, dear Jesus, today is the day that I choose to give up my own way. I surrender my life to you as Lord and Savior. Help me fix my eyes on you all the days of my life. I choose to follow you and I'm all in, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, can we give God praise for that? Amazing, if you made that decision today, I, I just wanna tell you this is truly, this changes everything in the best way. That doesn't mean it'll always be easy, but a life with Christ means there is actually life and he will walk with you all the days of your life. And I'm so glad that you made that decision. Um, and if you, if you have made that decision and you wanna know God better, I encourage you to get to know him like you know a friend, to invite him into every part of your life, to seek him in his word that we just talked about that needs to be the fuel of your life. And we want to give you a copy of his word. We wanna give you a Bible to help you on this journey to take the next steps. And we wanna help you with anything we can. So pursue him in his word, join in community with people who are pursuing him together. But we're so proud of you today. And if you would, um, so that we can help you on your next steps, you can fill out the card in the seat back in front of you, take it to the info center. You can also text Summit PA to 94,000 and follow the prompts and we'll, um, 
will get you what you need to continue on in your faith journey. And I do wanna let you know that there are freedom small groups that'll be happening this fall. So if you're saying, I wanna be involved in a freedom small group that walks through some of these things in detail, uh, you can choose to be a part of that this fall. Just put it on your radar. But as we get ready to sing this last song in response to our message, many of you have been pinning the map on the wall and crossing the Rubicon um, you know, in a physical way saying, this is what I'm all into. This is what I'm committed to. Um, and there's no turning back. And what we've done for you, you can do that today if you haven't yet. But what we've done for you is we've got some black bracelets like this. They say Rubicon on them. You can grab them on your way out today before you leave. And that's to remind you for the days to come. When you have moments, right, of saying, God, I need free. You remind yourself of this bracelet. When you see Rubicon, you, it reminds you of what you've committed to. Um, but I believe God has, has spoken today, not because of me, but because he promises that his word never returns void. And so today, this is your opportunity to say, yeah, there is sin that is entangling me. There is weight that is dragging me down. That thing that you couldn't stop thinking about the entire sermon, this is your moment to respond and say, I throw it off today. I lay it down today. And I wanna encourage you not to miss that moment. You can do it. At home, it doesn't have to happen exactly in this place, but why wait? Why wait if he says, but what if I do? What if I can heal? What if I do heal? What if I do deliver? And so I wanna ask you, you can respond however God leads. If you wanna come forward and lay, down, lay it down and pray and seek God, there's no magic words. It's just God, I surrender this. I lay it down. I need you in your word. I need your freedom in my life. There's no magic words except a surrendered heart to God. If you wanna come, we'll have staff and a prayer team here to pray with you as well because there is power in praying with one another and you don't even have to leave your seat if you don't want to. You can pray with the person beside you, but don't miss this moment in responding to the freedom that he has available for you today. Jesus is here, freedom is available. And I, I wanna remind you that he sees you in the crowd and that he sees how long it's been. He knows the excuses, he knows the doubt that you've had, but today he invites you and he says, do you wanna be healed? Do you wanna get well? So let him do that today, thank you guys. If you enjoy this content, please let us know by rating and reviewing the podcast. You can also contact us at summitpodcast.church. Remember to share this episode with your friends and on social media. Summit Podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Thank you for listening to Summit Podcasts, and we will see you in the next episode.